Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. All right, everyone. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to the Old Republic podcast today. Now, uh, just recently, we finished up our travel logs for KOTOR 2. We went to all the locations. We did all the things. We saved the galaxy. Hooray us, I think. Um, But, you know, now that that job is done, we thought it would be good to go back and take a little bit of a deeper look at some of the characters and companions that we meet along the way. Yeah, so... I don't know what we'll call this, like KOTOR 2, two character arcs or something, because we'll mm. discuss two characters if we're able to. I think it's a good way to kind of keep it, maybe not like overwhelm people, but we we cover all the characters, because there's a lot of characters in KOTOR 2. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we went through all the KOTOR 1 characters and did kind of a similar sort of thing. You know, talked a little bit about their background and a little bit about the story that they went on uh, within KOTOR 1. But we did that all in one lump episode. It was it was real long, um, but it was, it was fun to go back and, you know, kind of kind of look at the characters because obviously you're going through you know, Knights of the Old Republic, you're, you know, talking about the player character Revan, you go through Knights of the Old Republic 2, you're talking about, you know, the player character uh, Mitra Surik, um, you know, so you, so you get a lot of their stories and kind of how that works within the universe of, you know, KOTOR 1, KOTOR 2. Um, so it's fun to go back and look at the, you know, the the characters, the companions, you know, the people that are, are traveling with this main character, because, you know, every character and every story is going on their own character journey, you know, whether they're the main character of the story or not. Um, so I think that it's it's fun and it's a good exercise to go back and uh, try to pick up on, you know, some of the story beats and, you know, what's important, the motivations and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, they, they reveal more about the main character of KOTOR 1 and 2, and um, reveal more about the galaxy at that time. And some of them are just really fun. So we thought it'd be good to talk about them. Absolutely. And first up here on our uh, companion journey showcase uh, is a character that we talked about back in KOTOR 1, uh, because this is a returning character, uh, probably the most important character in the whole galaxy. But that is none other than the best utility droid in the entire galaxy, T3M4. Yeah, he's also called T3 for short, and maybe the sequence will be called uh, Tea Time with T3. Yeah, I like that. Tea Time with T3. And, we, you know, we first meet T3 on Terrace back in KOTOR 
one. But here, you know, we're getting into KOTOR 2, um, and we're meeting him, you know, kind of straight off, uh, right off the bat on the Ebon Hawk. It's actually the first character uh, you meet in the game, um, as the Ebon Hawk is uh, uh, full of fire, uh, and nothing good is happening. But luckily, T3 is on our side and is going to bail us out. So, uh, who is T3 M4? You know, mentioned that it's the best utility droid in the whole galaxy that we picked up on Terrace. Um, now, actually, in some of the early uh, game demos, uh, T3 was uh, identified as belonging to Bastila, uh, but kind of further storytelling uh, would identify T3 as belonging to Revan. Uh, so what do you think? Who Who is T3's uh, real human companion, do you think? I think his ultimate, like, in the series, like, Revan buys him or procures him if you steal him, you know, or get him on a discount, like, belongs to Revan and is most ultimately um, loyal to Revan, but he does become very close to the exile. Yeah, that's right. As uh, the story uh, starts to uh, weave its way through uh, T3's uh, little story arc here. So uh, one other quick note about T3. Is T3 canon? Uh, technically, no. But if you read the Life Day Treasury book, uh, which you should because it's full of fun <laughs> Life Day short stories, there is an illustration of a T3 utility droid. Is that T3 M4? Uh, probably, yes. So T3 definitely canon as the best utility droid in all of Star Wars. Yeah, it makes him canon. We should just do... How many editions have we done? Like, we, <laughs> we need have to done, have we, yeah. 11 more, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. It might be time to uh, to break back into that for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was very exciting when I was reading that book, and I saw uh, the illustration there. It's in kind of this uh, little, like, droid shop, and there's a little T3 uh, sitting there. So uh, pretty cool art. We'll probably get a good shot of that up in the uh, YouTube uh, video. So if you're watching that, you'll be able to to check that out. But, you know, to get back into uh, T3's story, um, I mentioned, you know, that they're on uh, the Ebon Hawk, but how did T3 end up on the Ebon Hawk at the beginning of the KOTOR 2 story? Uh, the Ebon Hawk is on fire. Uh, there is the Exile passed out, uh, laying in bed, not able to help you. Uh, but luckily, T3 is a droid with a plan and is able, able to get it. But do you know, Cassia, how did T3 get from, you know, Knights of the Old Republic 1, we blown up the the Starforge, how did how did T3 get right here, right now, do you know? I think uh, Revan was in trouble, um, so uh, T3 was tasked to find the Exile, and I think Kreia stowed away on board for some reason. And they just, like, ended up finding everyone. And then they kind of hit some trouble. And then they were making it to Paragus. So, yeah. yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So T3, yeah, was traveling with Revan in the, in the uh, wild space regions. And if you read the Revan uh, novel, which we've talked about here uh, on the podcast before, um, you know, Revan... Uh, you know, gets gets taken, uh, gets captured, um, and T three is left there, uh, abandoned with a broken down Ebon Hawk uh, ship to fix. So T uh, three gets it fixed up. Uh, he leaves. He goes back into known space looking for Bastila. Can't find Bastila. So T three thinks to himself, you know, uh, Revan uh, had this 
had this uh, pal by the name of Mitra Surik. Maybe she could be the one to help. Maybe that's who I need to go find. And that's what he does. So he goes and, uh, uh, you know, gets uh, Mitra Surik out of there, out of trouble from Darcyon. And that is where the start of KOTOR uh, 2's story, um, you know, really gets started uh, for this little droid. So uh, T3M4. Um, Cassia, how would we, how would you describe kind of their uh, character journey uh, within KOTOR 2? I think that T3's story is a little bit more uh, intricate this time. He has a little bit more going on. Yeah, like in the first one, he's kind of just like an R2-D2 stand-in. And uh, he kind of just gets you off of Terrace and like will make spikes, but he doesn't really do anything. But in this one, um, he kind of holds some... Uh, memories of Revan. He has a mission, you know, um, kind of behind the scenes. And I mean, he's still an astromech droid, but you kind of get more of a sense of like his mischievousness um, and uh, just kind of a more of a personality. Like, I never thought I would talk to like T3M4 and Kotor 2 and be like, he's the best character. Um, he he basically is the goat. He saved everyone in KOTOR 2. He's the lord and savior of this game, but <laughs> I kind of do, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a couple of sections um, where you're uh, just controlling T3, obviously, there at the, at the beginning with Yevon Hawk to fix that up, but uh, there's a couple times when T3 has to go in and uh, solve some security puzzles or, uh, you know, get get the crew out of, out of trouble or uh, released from capture, so there's definitely more game time with t3 so you get to get a little bit more of t3's kind of personality and things like that and some more interactions on board the ebon hawk um now story-wise i think that it's important to know uh atten is always getting all of the praise for being the pilot but really t3 is the only one that can talk to the ebon hawk to let them go where they need to go because he's revan's droid so uh i think that t3 really is the real pilot of the ebon hawk and uh atten is just stealing his glory isn't T3 technically the co-pilot? Uh, he is the main pilot, uh, for sure. But yeah, I think technically technically the co-pilot. Uh, rumor has it that Revan has uh, like voice locked all of the all of the things, so T3 is the only one that can that can really get in there, uh, being his droid. So I do think that that's kind of interesting, and I think that there's another aspect of T3's story um, that's really interesting. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you see this differently, but I think that um, as far as the companions in the game goes, uh, maybe a little bit with Candorus, but I think that his story is a little bit bit different, but um, pretty much everyone else who is following Mitra Surik is doing so because they have some sort of strong connection to Mitra Surik. But T3 is not that way. His motivation really is just to use her to go find Revan. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, they they do become, like, close, but ultimately T3's goal is to, to get Revan. Yeah, he's like, I don't... I don't know what this uh, this weird lady on board, uh, Kreia, I don't know what she's talking about half the time. Can we just get back to business and go find Revan, uh, please? But, you know, he is along for the ride. He is good at his job um, and is going to keep the, the crew moving forward because, yeah, ultimate uh, savior here of the galaxy. Um, and being the ultimate savior, obviously, is going to have some pretty profound impact on Mitra Surik's story. So, uh, Cassio, we talked you know, quite a bit through our travel logs about Mitra Surik's kind of atonement story and things like that, but we didn't really talk much about uh, her hero or heroine's journey uh, story. Maybe we'll do that someday, um, you know, in the in the future. We'll really kind of break down uh, her story in one of these, but 
why do you think T3 is, you know, does T3 play a key or pivotal part of her story, do you think? Well, he kind of put the, uh, in a way, kind of the plot into motion because T3 found the exile and saved them and brought them to Paragus. So kind of like put them on the path of the, the journey and was there to kind of assist them, you know, maybe not telling like the whole story, but I would say like T3 in the canonical, you know, light side story that is no longer canonical. Um, I, I think like maybe T3 doesn't say everything, but um, he's a, he's a force for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's um you know, it mentioned him, you know, being able to communicate, you know, with Yevonhawk and uh, get it to go where it needs to go as being important. But uh, one of the other things is, um, you know, when the Ebonhawk gets stolen by uh, Atris, uh, he's there and is able to um, download, um, you know, kind of the kind of the footage of Mitra Surik's trial and uh, get the list of the surviving Jedi Masters and their locations. So, um really to me i kind of see t3 m4 as like this physical manifestation of like a treasure map that mitra Surik is following um you know in the first game we have you know kind of the star maps that we're going to identify but but literally we're able to use kind of t3 in a sense as a treasure map of you know knowing um you know mitra Surik's backstory but then also you know containing the list and location of the jedi masters that you're trying to reconcile with and to uh collect and get back to dantooine yeah. And I do I do like as, as I said like love me some T3 and uh should we bring up uh the Revan novels take on T3 <laughs> or is that too triggering? Oh, uh it, it's it's triggering for me for sure, but yeah, let's get into this last section here and the Revan novel is going to come up whether we like it or not. So, uh after the events of KOTOR 2, where do you think T3 ends up so um i don't know if do you want to break the news to everyone about the revan novel and t3's fate cassia well t3 is destroyed in the revan novel by the by the sith and like that really frustrates me and (laughs) i don't know in my own head canon like he lived for a very long time if not forever you know and wouldn't be killed you know just like that and yeah yeah absolutely so discounting the the revan novel um i have here a hypothetical uh kotor 3 uh continuation for you know t3m4 because you you can make the claim that revan is is the protagonist of kotor 1 you could say that mitra surik is the protagonist of kotor 2 but the, the real protagonist of all of the KOTOR, the whole saga, is T3M4. So, Cassia, do you have a hypothetical, um, if you were making a KOTOR 3 story, um, you know, video game, book, show, you know, wh- whatever, that, that, the media is not really important, but where would, where would you have taken T3's story? Um, you know, you, you ended up on Malachor 5. What's, what's next for, the, for this little droid? I think I would reunite T3 with Revan. Um, and maybe, like, have him be the go-between between, uh, the Exile and Revan and, like, kind of, like, keep both parties, 
uh, kind of up to date with what's happening with them and like do holograms and like tell people what's going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, uh, kind of like that. That's what I had here kind of in my own notes is that, uh, now that Mitra has kind of fulfilled her, um, you know, kind of part of the story, it's really T3's turn to go and, uh, track down Revan. So together, I think that they go off and maybe they don't even ultimately meet up with Revan or, or they do, or you can still kind of play into, uh, his prison story i guess that goes into into the sotor world if you want but i think that they go through and and this is a good way then to tie back in um you know some characters from kotor one and fully um you know developing the story as to one sort of cohesive thing um you know i mentioned t3 was not able to find baslo which is why he went um in search of mitra Zurich kind of in in the first place so maybe that is the ultimate goal is to figure out where she has been because presumably she's been looking for revan uh, this whole time that we've been, uh, you know, off dealing with uh, Kreia and Sion and uh, Nihilus. So, you know, maybe T3 knows where uh, Jolie is, or maybe he knows where Big Z and Mission are, and uh, maybe you go and, and talk to them, and, and you know, and now it's uh, now instead of looking for a Star Forge or uh, making your way back to Malachor, maybe, maybe now it's, you know, collecting all of the pieces, Avengers Assemble style, uh, to go find Revan. Yeah, and... It would be cool to see some more characters from KOTOR 1 and see them interact with KOTOR 2 characters in a proposed KOTOR 3 that didn't happen. But um, now it I'm making myself sad. It <laughs> happened in our hearts, dang it. So That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of really interesting uh, things about T3. And, you know, you don't think of, uh, you know, the droid as having a particularly strong character arc but i think that there's a lot of stuff going on especially considering that t3 is a carryover character uh from kotor one so a lot of really uh kind of neat stuff there i think um and in terms of that character arc so yeah so that's what we we wish for you know but what do you think about t3 is he one of your favorite characters from kotor one kotor two what do you think of his role in the KOTOR journeys, uh, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to uh, take care of uh, T3 for us. Uh, thanks for checking out this uh, KOTOR 2 companion uh, compendium, Tea Time with T3. I guess, what should we call this next section about Atten Rand? Like, atonement time with Atten? <laughs> atonement time. Uh, uh, Pazak hour with that and Rand, uh, maybe. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't know, but yeah, Atten needs uh needs something, uh to you know to title himself because I feel like Atten would have a catchy title, uh for himself for sure, uh Cassia. So uh, who is Atten Rand? So Atten Rand, we're not sure if that's even his real name. He has the nickname Jack with a Q, um. And the fun fact about the name Atten Rand, uh, that was maybe going to be a name in uh, Jedi Jedi Knight, Jedi Apprentice uh, mm. for the protagonist, but it ended up being used here. And uh, Atten is voiced by Nikki Cat, who, if you've ever seen Secondhand Lions, he appears in that. And I was like, this is so cool as a kid. And... <laughs> 
I yeah. was like, he's in Star Wars, and now he's in this movie. He looks just like him, you know? Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, Atten is a is a character with a bit of uh, mystery uh, surrounding him. Like you said, it's got that got that nickname, um, which probably ties back into uh, kind of the some of the smuggling uh, that Atten did. But apparently, Atten is from uh, Alderaan. Uh, he's a good pilot. He can pilot the Ebonhawk. Although I will say uh, that the Ebonhawk crashes an awful lot in Kotor too. Um, you know whether that's Atten's fault or not. Uh, you know I'm not one not one to judge there. I can't pilot the Ebonhawk myself. But uh, what else do we know about Atten? Atten was uh, one of the lost Jedi. Jedi, uh, turned into a Jedi hunter, uh, which is bad news because Jedi hunters were, you know, tracking down the Jedi. Uh, they were doing all sorts of bad things to the, to the Jedi. Um, and then one day, uh, one of these Jedi that Atten had captured said, you know what? You're force sensitive too. So one day they're just going to hunt you like you've been hunting all of us. Uh, so Atten is a survivor. So Atten says, no, that's, that's, uh, that's good thinking. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to Narshada. I'm going to play Pazak and do some smuggling, uh, there on the smuggler's moon. Yeah. Um, I think I've kind of had maybe a full circle journey for Atten. Like maybe I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but I've come to understand and appreciate his character, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, He's just kind of, like, looking at his uh, entry in Wikipedia, like, since he was, like, five years old, he's kind of just been, like, running from disaster to disaster, and he followed uh, Revan into the Mandalorian Wars because Revan was just so, so charismatic, you know, and um, then, like, when Revan turned to the dark, to the dark side, like, Atten's like, I, I'd follow him anywhere, you know, and... He trained in, like, econ combat methods and would would turn, like, like hunt Jedi and try to, like, torture them into being Sith. And, like, I'm like, oh, kind of scary. But then, uh, like you said, when he met that Jedi, he's like, I'm going to run away and pretend this never happened. And just kind of, like, uh, he kind of became a little bit of, like, uh, a Han Solo wannabe maybe mm-hmm. and but eventually he is imprisoned on Paragus and then he runs into the exile and um kind of like the circumstances being what they were like he kind of hits on her and she's like okay <laughs> uh yeah. not really that interested but they they escape and then um then they kind of go on their quest and uh, you kind of learn more about him. And uh, what do we kind of learn about him? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of learned throughout the story that, um, you know, kind of in that time in Narshada, uh, maybe Atten, you know, obviously he was, he was uh, doing some smuggling, so he wasn't running in the uh, best of crowds uh, anyway. But, you know, eventually gets sort of chased out of uh, Narshada and ends up on Paragus, where he's in, in jail for some sort of security violation. Uh, I don't know the whole story with that. But, yeah, ends up going on a on this uh, travels with uh, Mitra Surik. So, um, you know, kind of getting into Atten's, you know, kind of, journey his uh, story arc a little bit um to me i think that atten's journey is really like an, a journey um kind of identity of self-identity and self-reflection um you know he's been running from who he was and what he'd done um and then you know kind of only 
in this, you know, kind of connection that he has with Mitra Surik and, you know, kind of at, at the offset, um, obviously, and in, in, in some of the, the more cringier uh, dialogue, is it, is it more of like this... Um, this, I think it was this romantic kind of, of the times. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was definitely timely of of the times. But you don't know if it's if it's really he's like infatuated with her um, because he he's uh, attracted to her or loves her or uh, feels some other kind of deeper connection. But throughout the story, um, they're really able to kind of explore that connection on a on a deeper level because really they have kind of similar backstories and the way they were lured. Um, to follow Revan uh, down this path and ultimately do things uh, that they ended up having to, you know, run from and atone for. So I think that really their sort of connection that way is is really the, the crux of his story. It's Atten trying to learn who he is uh, throughout the story, very similar to the way Mitra is spending uh, the story trying to learn who she is. Yeah, um, I mean, Atten's name is very similar to Atone. Um I kind of think, like, Atten, like, we've kind of talked about his character before. It's kind of all over the place. And I think, like, in an adaptation, whether it is a textbook or a TV show or a movie, would, like, you'd have to, like, kind of really think about how you portray this character because it could feel kind of random. I think I've kind of come to... See, like, Atten is probably, like, if we're going, like, with the light side story, like, he's the character that changes the most and has the most to deal with, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, he changes the most, and I think he's kind of, like, the more popular love interest uh, for the female exile uh, compared with uh, Michael. Um, I guess, like, people like Han Solo, you know, more than Anakin, they're kind of meant to riff on those, uh, romances, but, um, Mm -hmm. maybe in KOTOR 3, we could have gotten a deeper romance arc for the exile, you know, it would have been interesting to see, like, how it progressed, and it's like, Kind of like with the the different cuts of like Knights of the Old Republic to the Sith Lords, like um, there's some like extended versions where like uh, possibly Atten dies, you know, and like mm-hmm. I've heard some of the voice acting, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of beautiful. Like he he dies for the exile and stuff, and then there's some where he ends up dying on the dark side, but. I can I can see the allure of like a Beauty and the Beast kind of story, and like he becomes better, you know. Like it, it's fiction, it's Star Wars, uh, and mm-hmm. um, it's about hope and believing people can become better if they don't become, you know, like our Scion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think that you could. Um, definitely explore that a little bit, you know, better in terms, you know, of the of the 2005 dialogue. But I kind of like the kind of kind of the the setup of it, right? He's um, 
you know, Atten has, has been through a lot. He has seen a lot of a lot of bad stuff, and he's kind of an opportunist in this sense, right? He's has uh, has an attraction to Mitra Surik. She has a ship that will get him off of this planet that's about ready to explode. That seems pretty good to Atten, so he can he can kind of go along on this ride, very akin to uh, you know Han Solo as a character that we think he is probably uh, you know at least loosely uh, based off of there and kind of you know Han Solo's first sort of uh, feelings and. You know, premonitions towards uh princess leia right you know she he had an attraction to her she had a lot of money that sounded okay so he might as well go along on that ride there so um but yeah and i think i think then ultimately you could you could lead that into um a, a really kind of deep and meaningful relationship and you do get some kind of uh, hints of that here so you know in looking at mitra surik's kind of own uh hero or heroine's journey um i think that atten plays kind of a really important part of her story i think he um he kind of represents this opportunity for her to to reach out to teach to mentor a jedi um you know to to hopefully one day uh, carry on the order which is you know basically what she abandoned doing uh, when she was in the jedi order right she was uh um, she was a Jedi. She was tasked with, uh, you know, being a mentor, uh, teaching the next generation of Jedi and turned her back on that to go off uh, with Revan. So really it's Atten represents for her, I think, um, you know, an opportunity to um, sort of repair uh, that bridge that she burnt all those years ago uh, going off to war with uh, Revan, you know, and sort of this kind of reluctant uh, mentor mentee uh, kind of relationship. I mean, with the with the male exile, I kind of see Atten as like a little bit of a Lancelot, kind of like a Han Solo to like a Luke figure or, or King Arthur, you know. Um, but with the with the female exile, I think you kind of see a little bit more of Atten's character arc, and there's like a potential for like a, a transformation, like through f- friendship and uh, attraction. I think and um, I think like what is the light side ending for for Atten? Isn't it like he becomes like a member of the council mm-hmm, or something? Yes, yeah. So um, yeah, according to uh, legend here, uh, light side ending. Yeah, Atten goes back to help uh, rebuild the Jedi Order, um, and you know, in, in terms of you know the story that's playing out after the events of Kotor two, um, I think I'm okay with that ending. Um, I think that that is. Uh, perfectly plausible um he's been able to kind of reconnect with that part of his uh story um you know and kind of this interaction with Mitra Surik and um you know I'd, I'd mentioned you know it's very parallel to kind of her atonement story his own atonement story and I think that um ultimately yeah I could see that is uh is where he would end back up because I think uh for me of all the characters um you know I, I just mentioned it a, a second ago but I think Atten probably goes through the most um, character growth of any of the any of the other companions that we meet in the game yeah and I I mean I have to mention like wasn't Atten like voted like most fashionable in our terrorist fashion week oh yeah he might have been uh he has some uh some good looks for sure um you know that roguish uh um uh smuggling best, uh pirate it's good yeah, yeah it, but it's a it's a nice vest though so yeah and like i don't know like if i had to compare vests like even compared to like the han solo himself i'm like 
that's a butter vest. Like it, it's ribs <laughs> and like it, mm -hmm. it, it's leather and like it looks like it provides some protection, you know. I'm like, oh no, like I'm going for the vest, you know, like Go, so. That's right, going for the vest. There's a pocket just for Pazak cards uh, in there mm. all the time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Atten is a is a sharp dressed uh, gentleman for sure. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the kind of the light side. And I think we got a question um, on the uh, Discord server about um, uh, kind of relating to that, right? Uh, the nerd TM on Discord um, asked, you know, what do we think about kind of the character development of Atten? Um, you know, given given at the end of the events, whether he uh, lives and carries on or dies um the short answer of that is uh, your character development ends when you die um but yeah <laughs> but not always in star wars you can you can come back maybe atten is a force ghost uh then later on i don't know but what do you what do you think about that uh kind of kind of joking aside what do you think um you know kind of the ramifications of atten's either either living and carrying on or um kind of the um i don't know kind of the you know what uh... his death i guess would mean to the story I think his death was handled well in some of the different cuts of uh, the Sith Lords. Um, I think they handled it with gravitas and gave him his time to shine. Um, I could understand that being a good end for the character, but part of me is kind of just like sick of like, oh, they did something wrong and then they died to atone for it. Death equals atonement you know i'm, I'm kind of more mm -hmm. for the living atonement kind of stories you know and it's like why not see like kind of like you know like saul turned to paul you know we get atten turn into i don't know maybe Patton or something or satin i don't know and like <laughs> he's on the council you know yeah. and kind of helps the order grow and it's like he was like a hunter you know like the worst of the worst and then uh it could become better um it's hard because kotor 3 is an enigma and the story's kind of unfinished so i'm not really married to either ending you know <laughs> maybe that can be for a future historian to decide you know in this textbook you know what the case is what's canon so yeah yeah i think i think that there is some strong symbolic uh, gesture of him uh, dying at the end of end of the story would represent but yeah to me that just feels incredibly harsh um you know knowing what we know about Atten and really kind of the most interesting aspect of his character to me is just how um you know how much like down into like the muck and mire of the galaxy uh he's been in he's been you know put in all of these situations where he's had to do you know, really terrible things, uh, really awful things. And, uh, you know, then at the end he, uh, you know, dies to preserve, um, you know, Mitra Surik, you know, has, uh, some sort of love interest as some sort of, uh, force bonded interest. Um, you know, and that, and that feels to me particularly harsh, which is, you know, why I think, you know, you and I both like to see some sort of, um, living atonement be possible for characters, you know, more often, more often than not. So, um, yeah, I think that that it's it's poetic and um, you know kind of kind of beautiful in a way. But um, you know, if I was telling the story, I would like to think that you know Atten would have a shot at um, 
maybe not even redemption, which is, you know, kind of one of the one of the key themes of KOTOR 2, maybe that, you know, redemption isn't always possible, but it's, you know, just about going going forward and uh, doing better as uh, best you can. Yeah, and I think more hope is a good thing in uh, to see in Star Wars and uh, I guess like our pop culture and our culture so if KOTOR is ever adapted like I'd rather I don't know like there's time for characters to pass on but I think um, I don't know I think like hope instills more uh, purpose and meaning rather than just an angsty story you know mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah definitely but here's a question. So Jake, uh, who's been on our podcast uh, for our uh, House of the Dragon episode, he says, I kind of like Atten more than Karth. So pop quiz, who do you like more, <laughs> Atten or Karth? Uh, Jake, more importantly, was on our uh, Revan uh, novel discussion uh, as well. So uh, I don't know. Maybe, is Jake onto something? Uh, is Atten better than Karth? Ooh, I don't know. Um, you said you said that you like uh, Atten's vest. I'm gonna pick Karth's orange jacket, um, in that battle of uh, fashion. So, I don't I don't know. They're both they're both very interesting characters, and I think that there's a lot of kind of emotional depth to both of them. Um, and in a way, they both are trying to hide it. Right, Karth is this good loyal uh, soldier. He's really kind of repressing his emotions that way. Um, you know, Adden is really repressing his kind of emotions and feelings in more of a survivalist uh, kind of sense, um, which, you know, is, uh, a, you know, kind of a different paradigm for the way that we're, they're interacting and, and seeing each of these characters. Um, so I, I don't know. My, my, my very long answer is that I don't know which one of those two um, I like better. Um, I think that for me, I think that Adden could be a more interesting uh, kind of character study um, but if I'm just taking the characters that I got um, within the realms of these games I think that I'm uh, I'm going to go with Karth yeah I think like Atten is an interesting character studies like like you said but I think like the vest would be fun to wear but <laughs> I think it's like it's kind of for the younger more rebellious time of your life and it's like at the end of the day, I think you just need to find yourself, like, an orange jacket, you know? And, yeah. like, I think, like, uh, I think I would, like, sometimes Karth is annoying, but, like, maybe a little bit more stable of a friend, you know? And he has his ups and downs, you know, but, like, for the most part, like, Karth is going to be there by you and I think Atten kind of fluctuates a bit um so like there can be some high highs with Atten but like some low lows too so I would just be like yeah stability um uh I think I I would choose Karth yeah there you go and Karth has that award-winning smile uh so yeah. how can you go wrong with that 
Yeah. So yeah, so always some uh, good uh, feedback there on on Discord. So uh, you know, check out the social media if you want to uh, get an invite over to uh, the Discord server. We're always talking about uh, all sorts of things over there, and we love getting the feedback from everyone. So thanks for uh, you both for uh, contributing there. Yeah. So maybe we'll save uh, Kreia and the Exile for the future, like to be like a five hour you know, epic episode. <laughs> Which two characters do you think will be next? Like Beodur and uh, Visus Mar? Yeah, probably. I mean, if we're going, you know, kind of chronologically how we meet uh, the characters, I think that's probably, um, you know, the best way to do it. I think that they're both really important to um, to our exile story. So um, it might be good to tackle those both at the same time, but then again, it might also be good to, uh, to separate them because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about when we when we get to those two, um, you know, for sure. But I think that these are really good kind of um, little, you know, kind of uh, story-driven, you know, <laughs> looks at the narrative of these characters, um, you know, not getting, you know, really into the, into the detail and gameplay-wise of the game, but really just more, you know, at least how, you know, we see it, how these characters tick. And I think that that's um, just a fun exercise to, to look at, you know, kind of the, the characters surrounding the main character of the game yeah and we kind of we kind of did some things different when we were covering kotor one and we're kind of just trying to keep it fresh but also examine them you know and i think we're we're getting some good uh realizations uh as we kind of do it this way so Absolutely, yeah. So uh, let us know at home what you uh, think about uh, these characters we covered today. We got T3 and Atten Rand. So let us know what you think about uh, them. You know, and uh, you know, keep an eye open. We're going to be talking about all the characters going through uh, Kotor uh, too. So uh, let us know what you think about these characters and their stories and uh, what we missed, and we'll be happy to talk about it. So thanks for tuning into this one. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Public podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>